0: Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for shout-outs. Access to bloopers, exclusive interviews, sweet, sweet merchandise, and much more. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy throwing shade!
1: There is a darkness in the minds of men, a darkness in their hearts, a darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? shade knows. You know, it might help sell the tension if we refer to the darkness a more exciting way. Maybe refer to it as the dark side. The dark side. The shade knows the dark side. Come to the dark side. You know what, now that I hear it, it's far too silly. Forget I said anything. As we didn't go with that. Ha! By day, Theodore Rockwell is a go get reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald. But by night, he becomes the shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, who is the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out this week's episode of Throwing Shade, The Worst of Times, and it's a season three miracle! Apparently, even in these stressful, divisive times, everyone can still agree that helping animals is worthy of merit. Folks Rescuing Animals from Unpleasant Destinies is still our sponsor. That's right, Folks Rescuing Animals from Unpleasant Destinies, anthropomorphizing wildlife since 1903. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since... (laughs) Well, since America still operated as a first world nation. Previously on Throwing Shade. And now, on to our story. Act 3, Scene 1. The course of Wednesday's dinner never did run smooth. Theo and Wednesday's meal is crashed. Literally. Literally. Following the loud and foreboding crash from the kitchen of Tyre Selzick, Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning decided to investigate.
0: We should investigate. I
2: thought you said we were on vacation.
0: We are, but whatever caused that crash likely will delay dinner.
2: Let's go.
1: They hurried as Wednesday's stomach was growling in a most unladylike manner. As they rounded the corner, they were greeted by a scene of chaos. Hank and Natasha, kneeling over the unconscious figure of Ian Flemish. Flemish? Ian Flemish?
3: I thought only he could do that.
1: They then noticed the irate man standing off to the side, brandishing a ladle.
3: You did sheld.
0: It's like the United Nations.
2: On a good day.
0: Oh. You coming round? Cole oh, blimey,
4: what happened? I feel like I've been gassed. You fell through the roof.
3: You're having me on. I'm as nimble as a cat I am.
0: What was he doing on the roof?
3: He insisted on entering through skylight instead of
2: intelligently
3: using unlocked back door as suggested.
2: There's a skylight.
5: Just another hole in the roof, really, but very handy for venting the fumes.
4: It was a proper cracker of
2: a plan, but
4: then I leaned over, got woozy, and... The next thing I know, of wakes up on
3: the floor surrounded by you law. Who are you? Ian Flemish, what the British call a secret agent.
5: I thought British was more fine-like.
0: He sometimes forgets he's a sophisticated super-spy and reverts to his less posh roots.
4: I want to know who coughed me on the head and threw me through the roof. No one. Pull the other one, son. I'll find out. I'm Flemish. I
3: am Flemish. That was... unexpected.
5: I think he got a full face of concentrated fumes from Chef over here. The better
3: feed, Norgal. <clears throat>
4: Terribly sorry, Mr. Norgal.
5: No, that's not his name. That's... well, I'm not really sure what that was. He's Welsh.
4: A oh, Welsh chef? now there's an oxymoron. Row and fart
0: you
5: ow Ah perfect now he'll salt for hours and not cook anything.
4: I just did everyone a huge favor.
5: I better talk to him. Graffith
2: All right. What are you two doing here?
3: We could ask you the same question.
2: We're on vacation.
3: This is where you go on vacation? I have seen Siberian gulags with more nightlife than this
4: town. Wait a moment. You two take vacations together?
0: Cozy. If we could stay away from subjects rife with comically awkward potential.
1: Ian and Natasha filled... Theo and Wednesday in on their suspicions of Andrew Cudahy.
2: If Cudahy is behind shame, their headquarters would most likely be the Sausage Factory.
0: True. They give tours. We should go there tomorrow and poke around. I thought you were on vacation. What? We're just tourists, checking out the local hotspots. If we find anything, that's just a bonus. I see. A busman's holiday, then. Why does everyone suddenly think I drive a bus?
2: We might be able to contact the Shade and the Vamp. Have them help out so we can continue the vacation.
0: Even better, let them handle it.
2: Well, if we must. Come, we must find lodging. We have
3: been driving non-stop for two hours. I am tired.
0: If you give us a lift back to our hotel, I'm sure they'll have a room.
2: Wait, two hours? How did you get here so fast? It took us far.
0: Natasha's partner probably let her get out of second gear.
2: Natasha probably knows the correct way to drive stick.
0: In Soviet Russia.
2: Yeah, yeah, stick drives you. We get it.
3: No. We have excellent driver's education programs in our schools. Stick drives you. What
4: does that even mean? Don't ask me, darling. I don't understand
2: Americans.
0: Well, so much for our vacation.
2: Never mind vacation. What about dinner?
5: I am so sorry about all this. I did get Griffith to whip up some Welsh rabbit. Oh, my.
2: Oh, how exotic.
5: Here you are. I should get back to him before he does anything crazy.
2: Is he all right?
5: Well, he sounded angry and choked up, but then again, he always sounds like that. Have a lovely night and please tell your friends... As little about the night as possible.
0: Nice they wrapped this up for us. I've never had rabbit before. Theo? Yes, Wednesday?
2: Is this smelted cheese on toast?
0: Yes, Wednesday.
2: I don't understand the Welsh.
1: Act 3, Scene 2. Locating Nemo. Wally and Clemens go fishing for clues. Meanwhile, back in Chicago, where cheese does not impersonate small fuzzy animals, Wally Winchell and editor-in-chief Clemens were making the rounds of pet stores, bait shops, and garden outlets, trying to track down the buyer of the slugs.
5: At my calculations, we visited about 50 stores, only 220 more to
0: go.
6: Caesar salad, are you off your melon?
0: Rocker. Don't interrupt me while I'm baiting you. We've
1: walked so much I can't feel my feet. Is this what journalism has come to?
5: I'm sorry, Mr. Clemens, but we're not gonna find the source of the slug sitting at a desk yelling at people. Uh, um,
6: I mean. Winchell! Oh no. Let me ask you a question. Assuming you can hear me up there on your high horse. Were any of the stores we visited particularly large? Well, no. And did any of them seem to be the type of place that caters to the criminal element? Well, no. Then might I suggest we go find someone with ties to the underworld instead of just traipsing around the city until our feet fall off. I guess that does make sense. Thank you. You know how I learned that? Someone sat behind a desk and yelled it at me. You got a decent head on your shoulders, Winchell. Use it. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, sir, Mr. Clemens. Wait. Did you just say I was smart? I say what I say once, Winchell. Pay attention. Taxi! A taxi? Did you not hear the part where I said I can't feel my feet anymore? (laughs)
2: Where to, Mac?
6: Warehouse district.
5: It's very generous of you to spring for a cab ride.
6: No, it's very generous of you. Me? Well, you're the reason my dogs are barking, so you pay for the cab. The next time, you'll remember. Smarter, not harder. Ah, nerds.
1: After a short, yet surprisingly expensive gab ride...
5: Keep the change. Ha!
1: <laughs> what change? Wally and Clemens arrived at a small shack deep in the warehouse district.
6: What are we doing here, Chief? This is the place to go to get your hands on black
5: market mollusks. There are a black market for mollusks?
6: No, Winchell. I made it all up and brought you out here for a lark. And don't call me Chief. Mr. the password. What happened to Giovanni? He's on vacation. The union told him that if he didn't take his vacation days before the end of the quarter, they wouldn't roll over no more. I think he went to Atlantic City. You know, to relax. I'm just filling in until they find somebody more regular. You fellas have a union? Absolutely. Our employers are very pro-union. They ought to be. They run most of them. Exactly. Now what's the password? Swordfish. Come on in. Where's Nemo? He's around here somewhere.
7: I'll go find him. Vast does my one good eye deceive me. Is that Clarence Clemens? Well, blow me down. Stay right where ye are. I'll be right there.
6: Good to see you, Nemo.
7: Arr, I haven't seen ye since ye got that promotion over at the paper. What are you doing here? Did they kick you out after they discovered ye don't know your are calling from a hole in the ground? Love that
2: punctuation!
7: Is that a parrot? Parrot? Polly, you told me you were a cockatoo.
2: <laughs> That's when you've got more than one rooster.
6: <laughs> I need some information, Nemo.
7: You are doing some real work for once, aren't you? But who's this landlubber with you?
5: I'm Wally Winchell, reporter.
7: Why do I know that name? Wah! <laughs> Joke Joguddy!
6: Uh, nerds. Nemo. We need to know if you supplied anybody with a large number of slugs.
7: You know, I got out of that trade after Valentine's Day.
5: Garden slugs, 144 of them.
8: 144 slugs. Yar, that's gross. Mat, joke, mat
7: joke. I'll need to check me records in me office. Walk this way.
5: I'm in Rome.
7: Now let me see. I'll need me glasses.
5: Glasses? But you've only got one eye. Yar, the
7: patch is just for show. And the hook? Barely for intimidation.
5: And the wooden leg?
7: Lost that in a freak ceiling fan accident.
5: How do
6: you... Don't ask!
7: let me see. Ah, yes, I did supply a large number of slugs to a pet store owner.
6: What's his name?
7: Now what kind of criminal would I be if I went around handing out the names of me clients?
6: A well-paid one.
7: You make a fine argument.
6: When oh, you not you pay the man? Me? I
7: paid for the cab.
6: <sighs> Kids today. Here you go.
7: Now, normally, I wouldn't do this, mind, but we go way back, and I still owe you for that time in Nantucket. Uh, the less said about that, the better. The fella's name was Francis Fritz. Never heard of him.
6: Uh, chief? Uh, Wincho, how many times do I have to tell you- That's
5: Frank Fry. What? Francis is another form of Frank, and
6: Fritz is French for fries. I hate to admit this. But apparently, a post sixth grade education occasionally comes in handy. Any
7: address? Ah, oh, surprisingly, my clients aren't too keen about people knowing where to find them. It's like they don't trust me.
6: You your interrupt! <laughs>
7: ah! Yar, Guido, ye come on, little cat feet.
2: I've heard that somewhere, but my memory's foggy. I know
6: you, Francis Fritz fella. You the- do. You do. Yeah. And he don't run no pet store. He's a waiter down at the Baron Club.
1: Act 3, Scene 3. Tourists trapped. The Shade and the Vamp join a sausage party. Deciding to check out the Baron Club the next morning, Wally and Clemens called it a night. Yep,
6: it's night alright.
1: You know, I don't know why that still surprises me. Anyway. As the next morning dawned bright and clear in Cudahy, our heroes were enjoying the stumble-on-in's amenities.
4: Morning, all. Welcome to my complimentary...
2: ...continental breakfast. I can't wait. This better be good. I had a lousy night.
0: Didn't you sleep well?
2: How could I? The bed was tiny, I thought. It was supposed to be emperor-sized.
4: Oh, it is. Cyril designed them himself, and his favorite emperor was
2: Napoleon. Oh, I can't believe... Come
0: on, Wednesday, remember.
2: (sighs) More fodder for amusing anecdotes?
0: Exactly. Now, let's dig into breakfast. Theo? Yes, Wednesday?
2: What am I looking at where breakfast should be?
0: Well, it appears to be a selection of bagels, untoasted bread, and fruit.
2: That's right. That's it. Not at all. Wow! <laughs> Thank goodness. So- There's also <laughs> coffee
4: and juice. It's
2: continental. Well, it's continent.
4: Oh, I say, look at this fine
3: continental breakfast. Continental? It looks positively Siberian.
1: After a hearty, carb-laden repast, our heroes made their way to the Cudahy Sausage Factory.
0: This is where we leave you. What?
1: We contacted the
2: Shade, of the vamp. They'll meet you here.
0: We're continuing our vacation.
2: Hooray!
0: So we're going to the Cudahy Circus. Can't wait! It'll be fun. They have a daring young man on a flying tripe ease.
2: <laughs> I am never going on vacation ever again.
3: Wonderful. Now, what do we do?
2: How long will we
3: have to wait here for those two, Derek? Get
0: here. We're
2: here. Ah! No!
3: How did you get here so
4: fast?
2: Trade secret. Shade,
0: ah! ah!
2: ah! we walked up together.
0: I know. I just feel like now it's our thing, you know?
2: I think the best idea is for you two to take the tour. See if you notice anyone acting strangely, while the Shade and I check out things behind the scenes.
4: Are you sure that's a good idea? We are the highly trained international agents.
2: You are in a tuxedo, and I don't think it's possible for Natasha to sit down in that dress.
3: It's surprisingly flexible. And this is standard sausage factory touring wear in Soviet Russia.
4: Communists must really love their sausages.
2: We, on the other hand, are wearing dark clothing and masks.
0: And the vamp's outfit has pockets! Oh, thank you, Shay. And you say I don't listen. I'm
4: sorry, but I really must insist.
0: If I might interrupt. I think the best idea is for you two to take the tour, see if you notice anyone acting strangely, while the vamp and I check out things behind the scenes. Good idea, vamp. Good idea, Shade. And you say I don't listen.
2: Wait. Didn't he just repeat exactly what she... In America, man explains you.
4: Come along, Natasha. We'll keep an eye out for anything unusual on the tour.
2: Come on, Shade. This may be a busman's holiday, but it beats a sausage circus.
0: One of these days, I'm going to have to find out why busmen get their own holiday. Wait for me!
1: The Shade and the Vamp made their way to the roof to try to find a way in, while Natasha and Ian joined the tour.
8: Welcome to the Kadahe Sausage Factory. My name is Toby, and I'll be your guide today through the fascinating world of sausage. Please step up and make room for everyone.
3: What, everyone? We are only once here.
8: The Cudahy Sausage Empire was started in 1921 by Andrew Cudahy, a British expat, and no, his name did not used to be Patrick.
3: I was just about to ask it, Toby, you are uncanny.
8: No, none of our sausages are canned. They are delivered fresh to your local grocer, straight from our factory. Please step this way into the Grind-O-Rama, the first stop on our magical sausage journey. And we're walking, and we're walking.
1: Meanwhile, the Shade and the Vent were making their way inside the upper offices stealthily.
0: Why are all the lights off during work hours?
2: And it is surprisingly dark for this early in the morning.
0: Let me find the light switch.
2: Oh, you. oh! Or we could raise the blind.
0: Well, sure, if you lack a sense of adventure.
2: I was thinking more about your lack of health insurance. Thank you. Now, let's see what we can find.
1: The Shade and the Vamp searched the office. And the next one. And the next one. And the one after that. In fact, they searched almost every office on the top floor and found the same thing in each and every one of them.
0: Nothing!
2: These offices are devoid of anything except furniture. It's like, they're fronts.
0: But why go to the trouble of making so many? I can't believe we're down to the last one, and we haven't been able to find anything about Cudahay or shame.
2: Well, let's get it over with. I hope Ian and Natasha are having a better
1: time than we are. Funny she should mention that.
8: Now we make our way to the room we like to call Philadelphia. Why? Because we have to snatch whatever scraps of joy and whimsy we can in this business. This is the room where any pieces that are too solid to be pulverized are removed from the sausages.
3: I concur.
8: Truly a magical sight. And we're walking. And we're walking.
1: I don't know about the rest of you, but I think we need to get back to the shade in the vamp ASAP.
0: This was the only door that was locked, so we're sure to find...
2: Absolutely nothing. It's just a storage closet.
0: An empty storage closet. Wait.
1: Shay, do you feel that?
0: Disappointment? Regret? Despair? Yes, Vamp. I admit, beneath this ruggedly handsome exterior...
1: Excuse me, what?
0: I feel those same heartbreaking emotions you must be feeling, albeit not in your significantly more intense womanly way.
2: Um, No, and while we will be having a conversation about that last part, I meant, do you feel that draft?
0: Oh, yes, I do. It's probably just an open window.
1: In a storage closet. Point taken. The Shade and the Vamp soon found the source of the draft. A small crack at the base of one of the walls, against which stood a shelving unit holding a single box
0: there's obviously only one thing to do. Use a crowbar. What? What?
2: The wall is obviously a secret door, with the box as the switch. (sniffs) See?
0: Well, sure, if you want to do it the easy way.
2: I told you, just because you spent money on that unbreakable crowbar from Professor Edison Tesla. That doesn't mean the crowbar is the solution to every problem. Why'd you even buy that in the first place?
0: He's very persuasive.
2: I'm sure you'll find something pryworthy worthy soon.
1: Come on! The Shade and the Vamp stepped through the secret door into a spacious and well-appointed office filled with luxury and finery. Oh, And Andrew Cudahy, with a gun. We'll return to Throwing Shade, the worst of times, in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you appalled at the way animals are treated? Do tears well up whenever you see a neglected animal, especially cute, photogenic ones? Are you the type of person who will step over a homeless man on the street to speak baby talk to a random dog? Then you are just the type of person folks rescuing animals from unpleasant destinies is looking for. Donate your money, or your time, or your money, to make sure the voices of those furry little angels are heard. Your donation will support our efforts to divert federal funds, which would normally be wasted on good-for-nothing animal-eating humans, to creating a task force which would roam the city's parks, stopping people from feeding bread to ducks, by any means necessary. This is just one small way you can make the world a better place. Donate today! And now, back to our story. Act 4, Scene 1. Freets, don't fail me now. Wally and Mr. Clemens confront Frank Fry. While the Shade and the Vamp were putting themselves in harm's way, and Ian and Natasha were continuing their education on sausage making,
8: Now we enter the line oleum, where we extrude the sausages into their delicious casing. And what
3: is casing made from?
8: Best not to ask. I doubt you could stomach it. Ha. Ha. And we're walking. And we're walking.
1: Back in Chicago, Wally Winchell and editor-in-chief Clarence Clemens were visiting the Barons Club.
6: What's the password? GREAT CAESAR SALAD! Nope. What's the password? Swordfish? Come on in. Is there any door in this city you aren't behind? Yeah, what can I say? It ain't just a job, it's a calling. Is Francis working today? Yeah. He's in the main dining room serving breakfast. This place serves breakfast? Eh, some of these rich swanky types never leave. Ah, the Bachelor Life. I was talking about the married ones. <laughs> Follow me.
0: There he is. I explicitly ordered my eggs over easy, and these eggs are obviously over slightly more than easy. Take them away at once, and do endeavor to be less incompetent in the future.
9: Yes, sir. So sorry, sir.
5: My, how the lieutenant has fallen.
6: Princess, these fellas here want to talk to you.
1: Francis Fritz looked up, saw Clemens and Wally, and...
6: Come on, he's been in the way. You want me to run after him? If you want the story, yes. You know, in my day, there was a lot less running and a lot more drinking. All right, let's go. Ow, Charlie Horse!
1: By the time Wally Winchell was able to help Clemens limp his way to the back door, Francis Fritz was long gone.
5: Sorry, Chief, he got away.
1: Don't call me out!
6: I didn't! Just give me some ice! Hey fellas! Francis dropped this when he took off. The fix is in. C.H.
5: Robertson. What fix? And who's C.H. Robertson?
6: I don't know, but we're going to find out. Come on. No! Tomorrow. Oh, we're going to find out tomorrow. I can look into it, Chief. You can rest. All right. I need some ice, preferably in a whiskey, and a massage. We got a great massage facility here, Mr. Clemens. Swedish? Really? Really? That sounds... Yeah, Sven's great. Wonderful. It's right this way. Don't worry, Chief. I got this. Don't call me. Yoink!
5: I didn't think I had.
1: Act 4, Scene 2. The Weakest Link. One fraud is brought down by another. As we pull a curtain across Mr. Clemens and Sven, the Shade and the Vamp, We're staring down the business end of a rather wicked-looking Roscoe.
2: Why do villains feel the need to cock their guns so much?
0: It does seem unnecessarily showy.
9: Terribly sorry to interrupt, but do you really think it's wise to insult the person holding a gun on you?
0: I'm the Shade.
2: And I'm the Vamp. It's
0: It's what what we we do. do.
9: Ah yes, I've heard of you. The shade in your ebony ensemble and the vamp. I see it. You have quite the air of a Peggy Ashcroft about you. Nice outfit.
2: Thanks. It has pockets.
9: How charmingly utilitarian, fitting for heroes of the great unwashed, assisting them in their ludicrous struggle for an equality they neither understand nor deserve.
0: Nice accent.
9: Thank
0: you. It's fitting for a tyrannical villain working to keep decent people under the heel of greedy, exploitative, nose-in-the-air types who think they deserve more than anyone else because they inherited a silver spoon that was born in their mouths.
2: You were doing really well right until the end
0: there. Metaphors are hard.
9: I worked for everything I have. I succeeded the old-fashioned way. Hard work, grit, determination, a $10,000 loan from my father, a system that allowed me to pay starvation wages, union-busting, charging an obscene markup for a cheaply made product. Then, refusing to reinvest the profits in my business and instead pocketing that money through several shell companies to avoid taxes— You know, the American dream.
2: So when you saw regular people trying to eke out a better life, you started shame to undermine that movement.
9: Oh, my dear, I'm not the mastermind behind shame. I and my other clear-eyed lovers of free markets are merely assisting them in doing what needs to be done to protect the natural order of things. The leader of shame is truly a man of vision. Who is he? Well, since you shan't be around much longer, I suppose there's no harm in telling you. We know him only as...
1: At that very tension-filled, plot-advancing moment, a commotion was raised outside the office window. Down, Down
9: with Cudahy! Cudahy. Down, Down with Cudahy. Cudahy. What on earth?
1: Andrew Cudahy, distracted, turned toward the window. The Shade leapt into action, throwing his unbreakable crowbar at the villain, which broke against Cutting's gun. This gave the Vamp the opening she needed. (laughs) (sighs) Using her unique fighting style of staff fighting... Secretaries, attack! Trampolining... And weaving. She soon subdued Karahe with a swift weft to the head.
8: Ooh.
2: Who's the mastermind, Karahe? Tell me! Is he Unconscious? Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. Guess I wefted him when I should have warped. Nice move with the crowbar.
0: Thanks. Only two problems. One, my unbreakable crowbar is completely broken. I know,
2: I'm so sorry. And
1: two?
0: I was aiming at his head.
1: <laughs> A short time later, as the authorities were taking Andrew Cudahy away, the Shade and the Vamp met up with Ian and Natasha, who were on the front line of the protest. Ian,
0: Natasha, what are you doing here on the front line of this protest? Ian called them. They are members of
3: folks rescuing animals from unpleasant destinies. What they're doing here is unconscionable. I told him we would not want to know how the sausage is made. Something must be
4: Quite done. Quite
9: right. Ah! Oh. Bunny
3: Featherton smiled. Call
4: me Karen.
3: Why are you here? Isn't Andrew Cudahy a friend of yours? Did you hear what was happening with your perfectly normal-sized
9: ears? Of course he is. I didn't know why everyone was gathering here. I don't pay much attention to details. I just follow the outrage. But thank goodness this place will be shut down. Shut
4: down? I was thinking they could operate under better regulations, more hygienic
9: conditions. Oh, my dear Ian, that's not the folks rescuing animals from unpleasant destinies way. The only way to make people change is to refuse to allow them the chance not to. But the
3: entire town's economy will crash. Leaving everyone destitute. But the
9: animals will be happier. And we all get to feel so much better about ourselves. And really, isn't that what's important? Well, Mustache, we're apparently off to shut down a vegetarian convention.
2: Why would an animal rights organization be against vegetarians?
9: Because they're destroying the animals' food source by eating it themselves. So selfish. Thank goodness there are progressive types like us to put a stop to this kind of thing. Ta!
4: Well, good to know we've put an end to shame
0: once and for all. We haven't, sadly. But Cudahy did give us the name of the mastermind behind the organization. Robertson.
2: I thought he said Robert Chins.
0: I guess it could have been Roger Thins. What kind of name is that? As opposed to Rubber Chins?
3: Well, thank goodness we have this incredibly specific information. I feel much better. It's very helpful. Like Rubber Crutch.
0: No, it definitely wasn't that.
4: Come along. Hopefully they found out more
3: back in Chicago. I agree. This has been colossal waste of time.
0: I got it! Rudder wins!
1: Act Four, Scene Three. I before me. Things come to a close, or do they? Back in Chicago, at the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times Herald. Rockwell. Morning. Get in here.
0: Jabba G. How's a fat chief? We're already in the room.
2: We wanted to show you the story we got on our fact finding trip.
0: Is that what it was? And here Winchell told
6: me it was a vacation.
0: Wally? Don't blame me, he's very loud. Hopefully, you'll forgive us, Chief, since we did bring back a story about sausage magnet Andrew Cudahy being a major shame agent.
6: Well, there is that.
2: And thanks to the shade and the vamp, we have the identity of the head of shame.
6: So do we. We? Mr. Clemens and me. I. What? I, not me.
0: But I thought you had it.
6: I did. So it was you. Yes, it is me. Which is what I said. You said me, not I. I who? Both of us.
0: Wait, I is plural?
2: Isn't that us?
0: Don't get us dragged into this.
5: No, Mr. Clemens, in this case, it should be me, not I. What's the difference?
6: Ask Winchell.
2: Can we please just get back to the identity of the head of
1: shame? Wally filled Theo and Wednesday in on what he and Clemens had found.
5: So all we have to do is find C.H. Robertson.
2: Does that say Robber stuns? It's all smudged.
0: You sure it's not Rudderwinds? Don't ask me. I I need a
6: vacation.
1: This has been Throwing Shade, sponsored by Folks Rescuing Animals from Unpleasant Destinies. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater, eclectic full-contact theater, reminding you to stay safe and stay home. And listen to every episode of Throwing Shade. Check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com E-F-C-T and become a monthly subscriber for exclusive access to rehearsal videos, Outtakes, photos, fancy shade merchandise, and more. Plans start as low as $3 a month, so support your favorite podcast for mere pennies during the pandemic. And don't forget about our other podcasts, all part of the Eclectic Podcast Network, Deep Shadows, Bloody Bay, Cluster F-, Monocyte, and the Half Hour Audio Hour our monthly audio drama anthology. There's something for everyone. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond and Kaylee Osterman. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Houle, Serena Johnston, Noelle Kleiss, Kaylee Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue. Monica Safflick, and Julian Serna. Our foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is Daniel Houle. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina, Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same, time. Same, same, time. same, 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 station. Time. same station.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Pond.
2: And I'm Jessica Lauren Fisher.
0: You might remember us from such podcasts as, well, this one.
2: We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our followers on Patreon, including Karen Osterman and Cassie Russell.
0: Mike Drugan, Laurie Eyer,
2: And our newest member, Natividad Salgado.
0: It's thanks to your support that the shade keeps running.
2: And falling into manholes. Why, do you? But if you're scared of commitment, like some people I could mention...
0: I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: You can make a one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com slash EFCT.
0: Which would be appreciated. Podcasting is a cold, lonely business.
2: You have central heating and a Snuggie.
0: You promised never to speak of the Snuggie.
2: Anyway, thank you again for all your support. Say goodnight, Andrew.
0: Goodnight, Andrew.
2: Oh, boy.